0: Uh, so uh, this is the vape week, uh, and I've got a special guest on the line here. It's uh, Matt Cully, who does not know how to how to mute his microphone when he vapes. Welcome to the show, Mr. Mr. Suck My Mod, uh, Matt Cully. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> no. I uh,
1: I'm using my phone right now, so I just have my headphones into my phone, but I'll. I'll i'll mute it when i'm
0: whenever i vape if you can if you can't it's yeah. not i i'm not that not that big of a person no vape. i know
1: it's i it annoys me too when people do that so but the thing I'll,
0: is i'll figure it out your phone sound is real good though so at least the sound that i'm getting is good um and I think, all right perfect and let me just double check and chat here that uh i think everybody's picking it up just fine uh so all right Um uh, so here we are. It's, I, I put the show together, like uh, was almost zero planning, and I, and I uh, asked uh, Matt if he'd be available, and then he's more than available, thankfully. And so what, it, it's, it's day plus one. Uh, you know, my, my girlfriend is saying it looks like I'm way more relaxed now after uh, you know this eight- eight day went through, and, it, and she's only seen me for like one hour since that's happened. Uh, what do you think of everything that's happened? I mean, what's your take? big broad open question for you yeah i mean there's still i i I think
1: there's still some uneasiness but i i think everyone's just like kind of at maybe like this point of acceptance now like okay this this happened we're there you know but i mean what what's really obviously going to be interesting is is going into the next few weeks or few months and you know kind of seeing what the uh what the FDA does, what they're, what they're cracking down on the most thing, you know, things like that, you know, some of the gray areas that we're not sure of yet. That's, that's what's interesting me, to me for sure.
0: Yeah. I'm going to try and talk about some of those gray areas. Um, I mean, I was looking at this one post uh, over in the not blowing smoke uh, group uh, from somebody named Lisa. I don't, I've never, she's in Colorado apparently. And, uh, and she said it, it really basically, she says four things went into effect today. No sales to minor, and she says which we never did. Uh, no new products to market, and then no vending machine cells and no free samples. And then she starts to talk about coils, which we can talk about somewhere else. But so the, the the actual major change that I see that happened is to the manufacturing. I mean, it was that cutoff date, that freeze date, is really what happened yesterday. Sure. And
1: I, and yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of people are, I've talked to a few manufacturers today and they're like, kind of like glad it's over. Cause they've all been pushing hard the last, you know, couple months to get out, you know, as many products as they possibly can. Probably a lot of people are going to be going on vacation <laughs> over these next few weeks. But, but uh yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, but bit. And then there's a lot of different things that people are unsure of on what they can do in the vape shops, what they can talk about, what they can't talk about. Uh, I think some people are, you know, I think I'm with you as, as to where some people might be overthinking it a little bit, but, uh, we just don't know how, uh, how strict they're going to be yet.
0: Right. Uh, we have no idea, but there's a lot of people out there that are, are saying it's going to be the, the absolute end of the world. Um, and I'm just not so sure on that, but that I think that the the amount of products that that there you know maybe three months ago there was 100% of the total products out there. That's just that's just you know raw number. I think now there's 300%. I think that the the market has tripled, perhaps even uh, in the last 90 days, as far as how many different e liquids are out there. Uh, maybe as much hardware too. I, I, you, you know better on the hardware side for sure. But I, on the e-liquid side, I got an email from uh, Apollo Vapes, which I've bought from in the past, and they released sixteen new lines with sixty-one new e-liquids, all on the seventh. I mean, just boom. Uh, and they're pretty. Uh, the artwork, Gosh. yeah. I mean, the artwork uh, was done. Uh, it looks. It all looks pretty decent artwork. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people have been having a hard time with art, but I think there's everybody uh, has has just put market uh, products on the market. Um, I mean, and so did you do the same thing?
1: Um, no, I did. Well, you know, I came out with the theorem. Right. And uh, I did come out with it's actually going to be named something different. That, the that's the,
0: an RDA. The right?
1: tank. The, the tank. I, it's an RTA that. uh I did with uh, j and Wismec and uh, we did a uh, soft launch, another tank. Um, it's not something like we're really pushing, you know, we made sure everything was covered to where that needed to be before the eighth, you know, just obviously, but uh, it's not something we're going to be pushing for at least a couple of weeks. A lot of companies are doing that where they're kind of like, especially on the hardware side, they're kind of soft launching, maybe getting some purchase orders or, you know, whatever doing some pre-sales to some of their their distributors or something to prove that you know it was on on the market and then uh, um, you know but they're going to kind of like you know incrementally push them out over the months so it's not like just bam you know here's our 15 new products all at once because you know it's probably not not smart for them to do sales wise
0: yeah, marketing-wise, you don't want to release something in a flurry. Uh, and actually, actually, I was thinking of that right before the show too. The the whole uh, a billion lives happened this weekend, um, and I haven't because I've been focusing just on the FDA stuff. I haven't really been able to see how much of an impact that was making. If did that was that did it get drowned out by all the FDA stuff? And then I was thinking a little bit more and said, well, that movie is mostly designed for non-vapors. So it, you know, in the general uh, communication, maybe it was a good thing to do. Uh, but I haven't been able to, there's just been so much stuff happening. Uh, I can't keep up with it. And I usually try to keep up with it. Uh,
1: yeah. But- I mean, I think it, it's kind of hard to tell because you know what, those documentaries, like they, they really A lot of documentaries don't really get a big buzz until they're, you know, out on Netflix or at least, you know, iTunes, Amazon on demand. And so it's going to be hitting different theaters and stuff, but it's not really going to, you know, have that widespread impact or, you know, until it's easily accessible for everyone. But I've heard really good things about it. I haven't gotten to see it yet
0: i think the the key will also be if it gets an oscar nomination uh and that's when a lot of people watch documentaries uh is oh yeah definitely and so uh, i think it's a reasonable chance i think now with the oscars last time i paid attention i thought they were doing 10 nominations per category it used to be just like five and i think they do 10 for some categories so if it's if it's 10 or even five i think there's a, a high chance it will uh it'll be nominated um because obviously smoking affects uh in this country 20 25% of the population and in other countries 40% uh, percent of the population so it certainly has the the interest so i think there's a reasonable chance that that will happen um yeah
1: and it has the right subject material you know i've always been a documentary buff even you know way before i started vaping and but it's something that i know that i would have been interested in before i even cared about the topic you know documentary buffs they like you know, government corruption, intriguing story, you know, and so it's something that I think uh, could get some buzz about it. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's really well done from what I've heard. So yeah, I mean, that would be amazing if it,
0: if it actually did get a nomination. Well, I don't know how many cities still have documentary theaters. I I know New York is going to have a whole bunch of them and then, uh, you know, LA is going to have a lot of them too, but in the rest of the the united states i think it's awfully hard to go and find a documentary i think in in the area that i'm in i i'm you know i might have to drive an hour to find something uh and, and i'm not even sure if i can find that so certainly for me netflix and or hbo is the the vehicle that i'm going to be able to see it on or or on demand uh would be another way Um yeah yeah I think the last big stuff in the theaters was uh, Al Gore and uh Michael Moore and I think think after that uh, then there's that fast food guy. Uh, that was an, another uh, Sperling. He he Yeah. Those are the last guys that I that I think had had an opportunity. I, and I think also it used to be when there was video stores around you'd be like walking around and then there's a documentary side and you might want to check things out but people don't do don't do video stores anymore so it's a harder, a much harder market, so uh, let's hope that Aaron figures it out well. So going back to the hardware, uh, uh, I don't think, I, as, I don't know if you've uh, listened to different sections where I've said, I don't think that hardware without nicotine is going to be con- covered by the Tobacco Control Act, and that's something that I've been trying to as best I can, which has not been that best, uh, to get Sevia to comment on, and I you... I I had mentioned on a previous show that I had asked you if you could, uh, you know, put out feelers, whatever you could to find out what these big Chinese manufacturers are going to do today, uh, today and going forward, uh, will they release brand new hardware that wasn't already on the drawing books and didn't have a soft launch yesterday?
1: I, 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 I know your argument and I, I think some of your argument does, uh, makes sense it's it's like we're all trying to basically read the fda's mind here you know and uh i've talked to a few manufacturers uh they've told me well their lawyers say you know it's going to cover it's going to cover hardware it's part one of the components they're saying that that can alter the the experience or or whatever um but obviously we just don't know a lot of the a lot of the uh manufacturers have basic a lot of the manufacturers have basically pushed out everything they were already planning on pushing out this year but just did it way early right so i don't think we're going to see if anybody was going to test it out i don't think we're going to see that right away a lot of them have told me that they're going to you know maybe work on the european market a little bit now put out some tpd stuff and and things like that um do they all realize that uh consumers in the States will, you know, if they want one of those new products, will probably be able to buy it on one of the, you know, Chinese retail websites or something. Yeah. I mean, they kind of know that that's going to happen, but I don't think anybody is really is ready, at least out of the big Chinese manufacturers. I don't think any of about any of them are like really ready to test the market yet. But I mean, if they were to do that, if they were to do that and say, okay, we're going to let's, let's see what happens with the F- fda let's put a product out they would obviously have to find you know some distributors in the states to get on board with them and some shops as well um to try to sell it so it would kind of be like a group effort to even be able to do you get what i'm saying
0: yeah i do but but you know you can go to alibaba and that that's your distributor right there so um you know, you, you could bring it in through through one of those things, Health Cabin and whatever, so, you know, uh, Fast Tech and, uh, and what's the other um, one?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're going to be coming out with new products. And they I think they all realize that the people in the States, if they actually want it, are going to be able to buy it, uh, you know, from the, one of those Chinese retail sites. But they, you know, in order to like actually sell them, in the state, you know, if one of the shops or online stores in the States would have to say, okay, we're going to test out this theory. We're going to, but you know, the, the trend and See if the FDA calls us on this, they would have to be the ones that would do it and have to sell it. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think China's going to stop, but I mean, it's the U S vape shops and the online stores that might not want the, you know, want to, to, to you know risk it
0: so yeah i I don't know man yeah the the risk i guess is to the inventory position uh but i don't know if they can just they'd have a hard time seizing this stuff um so so what you did i think that everybody didn't and what you did as far as doing your soft launch and all that stuff and doing everything before on eight eight um was was the correct move uh for sure um but in the industry, I think uh, every, all of the big names did it too. So they probably burnt off what they had in their pipeline for like a couple months, maybe two months. Uh, I doubt it's higher than two months, but may say maybe two, three months. And then after then it's, they're going to be wanting to push their old product. Uh, they're their, They want to push out product the old way they've been doing in the past again. And so I, I think that that the CVA members know what they're going to do already. And I think they're going to bring, start bringing the stuff in. Um, so. Sure. I
1: mean, there's definitely going to be, yeah. I mean, you're at some point it's going to get stale, everything, you know, all these products that have gotten pushed out, I think it's going to get stale. Sales are going to go down. And then, you know, I, I get what you're saying, but they would have to find partners to, you know, test out the, you know, if, if say, let's say Kanger is like, okay, we had our lawyers look at this. And uh, we don't think that our products uh, fall under the FDA regulations. They would have to go and like find you know shops in the US to actually partner up with them and sell those products. And I think a lot of the shops and stuff are all scared too. But I mean I think that with like I was talking to a few people recently, and they're I guess part of the webs or not, I'm sorry no my brain's frazzled, part of the lawsuit is really trying to get, it it deals with hardware, the the, uh, right to be smoke-free. And uh, I forget which section it was, or six or something like that. And it really kind of like focuses in on the hardware, and I think it kind of forces them, you know, brings up that issue, brings up like the issue of, first off, you know, because you even call this tobacco product. Second, you know, obviously these products can be used with, you know, other thing you know you can use an rda with dry herb you can use them with with other other things and so i kind of feel like at some point this year it's going to be defined a little bit better at least to us and then maybe we won't need to speculate about this but obviously i'm not i'm not certain on that
0: yeah i have just been for a while i think that Sevia uh, usa knows and so uh, dimitri knows uh, because he's the chairman or president or whatever he's titled himself, he knows what they're going to do, but it just hasn't been communicated. And th- and as far as how much of a risk it is to a vape shop to carry this, I don't think it's that big of a risk. Because um, I think it's called U Vapor or U Vape up in Washington is the distribution arm of Aspire, and so if they bring it in from from Aspire uh, and they then distribute it out of. Uh, out of Washington, the only thing that the vape shops are going to be on the dime for are a normal size shipment. So it would be coming from a U.S. distributor to them uh, and say it's just uh, 50 units or whatever the normal case size for something. Uh, maybe it's 100. I don't know what it is. So they'd be on the hook for that. But they could just, you know, have just in time shipping, have lots of shipments come through. I think that vape shops uh, could do it fairly reasonably uh i mean take on the risk of actually selling it it's just what the manufacturers are going to be doing and i mean i i've just you know i won't won't uh bog down too much on it i've looked at everything inside that stuff and i just don't see how they can regulate something like if you go to the v2 site i don't think a lot of people have gone there since they at least when they started a lot of people started on v2 but i don't think they've revisited the sites their current products do dry herb you just drop in a different cartridge and it does dry herb uh or dry leaf or whatever you're going to call it um and they they already they also have a thing where it does solids i guess uh paste or whatever i I, i'm not up on either one of those too much uh, but they're going to have to say that these devices sold independently of e-liquid which has the nicotine is somehow a tobacco product i just don't see how they can make the connection I haven't read the lawsuit in a while now, and i know that and this is the right to be smoke free law- <clears throat> lawsuit which is uh which i guess is the best way to call it is the combination of uh what uh the Azeem uh out of keller heckman is doing, and that's now combined with what patricia out of uh Pure slash halo is doing so those two cases were combined and i know that like this this week a whole bunch of uh, amicus briefs have been filed and the best i understand those are those are people that tell them uh tell the judge that they're a friend of the court and then they they give feedback on what they think the, the merits of the case are and maybe that's cuz they might be affected from the outcome so they're trying sure. to so sure. a whole bunch of those were filed uh, and uh i haven't had a chance to read those so uh, do you, I, and I don't know offhand when the first uh, hearing date or the first decision point on that case is. Do you know that offhand?
1: Uh, I believe it's October.
0: Yes, yeah, I think it's it's like October, maybe like the early part of October. Yeah, I think though. it's
1: like, I mean, October 7th comes to mind or yeah. something,
0: but I could be wrong. Yeah, I think, one, it's, I think it's like a month away, essentially, yeah.
1: One more thing I will say on the hardware thing is I think, and I've talked to quite a few other people that agree with me here, is I definitely think that there's a case to be made that even if say someone tried to do it and the FDA confiscated their shipment that, you know, there might be a court case there over that issue. It's just like, you know, who's going to, who would, who's got the money to see it all the way through. You know what I'm saying? Like who's going to be the one that would actually see that through. And so I, like I was saying, somebody told me that, 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 I guess apparently that was discussion with the, in the right to be smoke free. So that, So that's going to be one of the points that they want to address is the, you know, hardware alone, not, you know, not just lumping hardware and e-liquid is like the same thing, but like they really want the FDA to define the, the hardware Part of it, And they really want to bring up all the different,
0: you know, points that you've said
1: before, and I've said and stuff.
0: Right. But if I, if I'm playing the hand of the FDA, they're not going to do that. They're just going to, they're going to quote chapter and verse the law. And they're going to say components and aspects of uh, nicotine products are regulated by this act. And that's a cute way of saying Uh, It has to have nicotine in it to be regulated. So they're just going to keep on saying that. And what I'm seeing with the court case is you have to sort of prove that you're being damaged to have a claim in in court. I mean, that's that's the whole point. You have to be sure it's not like a potential damage. Uh, It makes it. You know, all the people th- used to talk about standing—that no lawsuits could be filed until the FDA did something because we needed standing—and that that seemed to be true, obviously, because uh, you know Nick Halo filed uh, either the first or the second day. Uh, but so they were—they were already ready at the at the, at the already ready for it. But uh, if the FDA starts going around and going after hardware at the beginning, then uh, they the the court case. Become stronger yeah you could use that as an argument in the court case right and For so sure. i think they're just going to hang back and still give it the same sort of answers and, and just see what this is going to do um and i think that it's kind of until i i, I think it's going to be a hard to get some of this as a victory until two years rolls around until we see what they actually do um and so it's it's real complicated obviously um but yeah. i i do not think um uh, like one, one thing uh kevin on uh, vp live uh on his sunday show said two weeks ago uh, is that he thought that nicotine uh zero nic sampling uh would be legal uh and and outside of the fda and i i've thought about that too and i think he's correct i think that there's no reason why somebody uh, who has a vape shop cannot let people sample zero nick liquid for free without charging a sample well
1: i mean i guess the way that that people are thinking of it is is that if they're if they're going to be regulating you know and zero nick is obviously another one of those gray areas but if you know if people are saying that the law regulates zero nicotine as far as you know, labeling it, and as you know, far as other things, then it would fit into the sample criteria as well.
0: I didn't follow that. What What do you mean?
1: Well, okay. A lot of people are saying that zero, you know, to sell zero nicotine liquid, it's still considered a tobacco product, right? That's that's
0: the. Uh... I, I don't understand that logic. How? What...
1: I'm not saying that. It, I, I'm saying that's. I know it doesn't make sense, but I'm saying that's what how people including apparently some of the lawyers have read the law is that the zero nicotine liquids fall under the, the deeming regs, whether it's true or not, I have no idea. So if they read that, so if, you know, their lawyer tells them, Hey, you know, this includes zero nicotine, e-liquid then obviously if that's what they believe, then that would apply to samples as well, whether or not that, that that's how it, how it turns out. I have no clue.
0: Yeah, I've heard uh, some stuff with uh, different lawyers. I, I mean, just because you're a lawyer doesn't mean that you're automatically right. Um, and, you know, uh, as I said before, before, in the eyes of every single judge on every single case, one set of lawyers is right and one set of lawyers is wrong. I mean, it, it always is a dispute. So there's always a difference of opinion between lawyers. One One side is arguing one, one side is arguing the other and so i think that in the vaping world we have that same sort of thing we've got some lawyers that are saying some things and and then others on the other side and once like people in the community listen to that they then take it and run with it and i i think there's a ton of garbage in garbage out um that's happening um and so i don't see how if it the whole premise of the Tobacco Control Act is that it has to be nicotine derived from tobacco. It has to be tobacco to be regulated. So if you are a shop and you have tasters that do not have tobacco, they're not a tobacco product, therefore you don't have to charge for them. And so I don't see how anybody can, whatever the case is that somebody is saying that zero nick. Is a tobacco product. I have not read that inside of the deeming documents and all 500 and all the other documents. I've never read them saying that. I've always seen them have it be a conditional statement. Like if you have a tobacco product and then you use inside of it zero nicotine, then that zero nicotine is under regulation. So if you have, uh, you know, say a PG base. And that's what you've sold, and then you're selling in a separate package, right? And then they're bubble packed next to each other. Uh, that uh, you're selling flavorings, and the idea is to, to mix the two together. Well, then they're saying because they're bubble packed together that that zero nick e liquid comes under the conditions that it's a it's going to be a tobacco product. So when the FDA is giving their answers out. In those webinars, they are allowing in their very legalized answers to have some of that stuff in there, but then in you go onto Facebook and you and you see people that you know and and people you like and everything that they're just running with this bad information. So I, I think that right now zero nicotine uh, is that if that's the only thing you're selling uh, is going to work uh, that you will not have to charge samples for it.
1: Well, that's just like the the big problem. And I I caught a little bit of pl- the plume show last night. I didn't catch the whole thing, but I, Bruce from Cassaw was on there, and he was talking about a lot of this. A lot of these regulations are so like intent based, and it's like there's so many different scenarios you could play out. You know, you could you say okay, it's zero nicotine if that's all you sell, uh, but if you sell it with a uh, piece of hardware and it turns out that the fda does say that that piece of hardware is a tobacco product then like you said then you're using that zero nicotine with a tobacco product and there's just all these different you know what i'm saying there's all these different ways you could play it out and it's like we're all just we're all just kind of speculating and i'm i'm not pretending like i know any more than than the next guy it's i'm i'm very very intrigued to see how it does all play out what they do go after and uh you know i think it's i think there's obviously a case to be made for a lot you know if they did come in and and find somebody for giving people free zero nick uh liquid samples i mean i think that there would be a case there to fight that uh i just i don't know man it's 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 sure the 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 pers- part of me that makes money from this industry is obviously scared shitless. The, the curious, you know, part of me is just, like, really, really intrigued to see how this story all plays out over the next couple of months.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, uh, Bruce has any legal background, but, I, I you know, he's a scholar, uh, so.
1: Uh, well, sure, I... and, I mean, he's a lot, you know, he's like any – Right, we're all just giving our opinions and right, like right, most well, I, of us
0: are but uh, but the word intent is a much more specific word than just the generalized intent it's that if you're because the f d a is saying that uh they're they're only going to regulate finished products, so it's not just the intent of anything, it's the intent in relationship to a finished good product, so that's why for the last two years I've been using the example of uh, of basically an 808 or with a cartomizer on top of it. So even though that battery doesn't have any nicotine, it's always sold in combination with a specific threading that is going to fit on top of, of a cartridge, which that cartridge has the nicotine in it. So they are intended to work together, and that makes the finished good product. So even though you're selling the battery or even though you're selling the cartridge, independent of how it could be, Vaped you know each by themselves can't do anything uh that that is the intention that they're talking about that specific intention in the finished good product it's not because if it's intention it's like anything under the sun, and that's not how life works that's not how laws work uh that's just like English majors interpreting the laws uh, well
1: sure, but like if you're okay so but if you are a vape shop and you're selling tobacco products and then say you're selling hardware in that same shop, could they then say, okay, you know, even though maybe that RDA or whatever that you sell even says on the packaging, not for use with nicotine or whatever, but you're selling it right next to bottles of e-liquid, then would that be intent? You know what I'm saying? As opposed to if I was just say I'm some small manufacturer and I just make RDAs and I have a website and the only thing I sell on my website is an RDA, and on that website I say not for use with nicotine, then it would be like harder to prove intent, I guess. But, so
0: well, it's, it's it's interesting to,
1: to talk about. For right, sure. and,
0: but I, I think that the FDA has been pretty clear is that they're going to go after – manufacturers and that there's a whole set of laws for manufacturing because they they have guidance to the vape shops. Vape shops don't have to register with the FDA and all these different things but once they go into the realm of making the e-liquid themselves then they become a manufacturer. So I don't think there's any reason to think that the FDA is going to crack the heads of vape shops before they crack the heads of the manufacturers. They're going to go after the manufacturers first. And I've heard other people say this that I that I trust, is that the FDA has said that they are going to go after the top tier first, that they're not going to start from the, the, the bottom first. They're going to the start at the top first. So if you're a vape shop, uh, I would think that you would be a little more daring and a little less frightful uh, waiting for the FDA to at least take a shot at the big boys. Uh, and then, if that once that happens, then you change your practices. But right now, you've got some people that are uh that are closing down vape shops. It seems now I think that all of those people that are closing down the vape shops uh outside of places like Chicago and outside of places like Pennsylvania. Might be Utah too, but I'm not sure in Utah. That, you know, if if there's certain local laws that are doing it, you know, big taxes. But anybody uh, that is closing a vape shop down now is doing it because they they have a bad business model. They they screwed up with their retail experience. They overbuilt or oversaturated, or they just don't want to be in the game. Nothing has changed uh, by the FDA's hand to make them get out of the industry.
1: Sure, I think I think there's definitely quite a few shops out there that are being a. a- yeah they're they're preemptively closing down before i and who knows some of them might just be using as it as an excuse because there are some areas in this in this country where it's saturated with vape shops and i even before the regs hit hit in may before they got announced i was already hearing about you know people's sales were down this year and a lot of that has to do with saturation and, and stuff I'm, I'm figuring and so uh yeah you know some of these companies may just be using that as an excuse, like they were already hurting or something yeah. and this might this might have just been like the last straw, but yeah, if you're a company that's doing well and your business is thriving they yeah absolutely shouldn't be considering shutting down
0: yet and in California, the other thing that happened is that the uh eighteen year olds the nineteen year olds and the twenty year olds uh all got taken away. And so whatever, uh, whatever, you know, they changed the smoking laws in California to where it used to be 18 and now it's 21. So that took out a section of the market. And I've, and I've heard different reports. I've Most people I've heard talk about that it's affected their vape shop by 20%, I mean 10%, but some people, it could be higher. So if you've, if you're in an area that's overbuilt, it's a fad product and then they take away, uh, you know, college kids essentially, uh, then then it's going to be or or college college college-aged adults i should say if they take away college-aged adults with voting rights and able to fight in the war and stop uh them from buying your product that that is cut down that's a that's a real thing that that took out sales and the only reason why it took out sales is because that vape shops are doing what they're supposed to be doing is that they're not selling to underage people uh I mean, no vape shops. Vape shops just don't do that as a business model. Um, And then there's, there's all these health groups that always speculate, oh yeah, they're doing this, they're doing this, but they don't do it. You know, at the best, the worst case scenario is you have a guy that knows somebody and they, they you know, they're all on the down low and, and they and they understand how, uh, you know, one guy knows the other guy that works at the vape shop. But even under under that scenario, the guy that's working at the vape shop is going to buy it on his own discount for himself and then sell it offline outside of the vape shop. So uh, it's long story short is it, it has affected sales in California, but I, I don't think that people need to be getting out uh, because of the FDA. Uh, not yeah di-
1: i agree i agree
0: and so the, the other th- concern is that because of the fda is that uh people think that there's not going to be an abundance of new products but i think i literally think that the size of the e-liquid market has tripled uh you know yesterday it just everybody on under you know everybody including myself has an le- e-liquid line now uh so uh well i think the fear isn't as much with e-liquid i i think the
1: fear is is that you got these i think you know you got a couple different kinds of shops out there even where i live here in montana and we got you know like we have our hobbyist shop and that those are like those shops have like the newest that shop has like the newest everything the minute it comes out um you know all the newest rebuildables and all that and then we got another shop that's more geared towards like you know, just like the new vapor or just the vapors that aren't into the hobbyist side of it. You know, they just go there, buy juice, buy a new uh, clear miser or something. Um, and so, you know, obviously, like, you know, and again, the hardware is a total, it's its its a debate for sure. But a lot of them, they're figuring, well, if hardware completely stops after a while, then I'm going to lose all that the hobbyist business, you know, that guy that comes in once a week and buys a buys a new tank, those those guys are going to start going online and trying to buy the shit, you know, the new stuff straight from China and, and things like that. So, um, you know, it's the regs. Really, I mean, the people they, it, the businesses. It, it looks like it could hurt the most would be vape shops, but it's definitely way too soon to to. You got to wait until it see how it affects you before. You go and, and shut shut your doors.
0: Yeah, but the thing is that uh, with hobbyists, that they do su- hobbyists do support the local market, and the, anybody that's an enthusiast already of of vaping already knows. Every single enthusiast knows that there's an online market. There's nobody that is is doesn't understand that the internet was you know came about uh you know for the last 20 years everybody knows that it exists and you can you can go to amazon you can go to you can find places so they have been going into those vape shops because they want to buy that local market they want to buy uh they want to have those conversations they want to sit in the lounge i mean that's the one thing is that all these vape shops they talk about their lounges and stuff and that's not my cup of tea i don't like to lounge in a vape shop i just uh you know uh, maybe my social graces aren't that good but i just don't hang out at uh in vape shops but other people do and you know that that's something you know the the lounge area of of these things are like cigar shops so i don't see that they're going to just you know run away and and go and get it online
1: uh well i mean I, i i get what you're saying and i think i yeah. I mean, it's not like I think every hobbyist is all of a sudden not going to go to a vape shop again. But a lot of those same hobbyists, part of the reason they go into that shop is to see what's new, you know, like and they want to see it before they buy it. You know, like, oh, I heard Aspire came out with a new tank. I want to go check it out. And so obviously the fear is, is that if the vape shop stopped carrying the newest of the new and and. uh but they can, you know. But they see a video of it online, and it looks sweet, and they, they really want to buy it. Then they're just gonna, you know, buy it online. But...
0: Right. And so that's why I'm pissed off at Sevia USA, uh, and uh, I don't expect you to get into my muck raking, but. I think that Sevia, it represents Aspire, Kanger, Joytech, Smoke, uh, and uh, uh, who's the There's one other. There's a big five, and I forgot one of them. uh, uh Incotin. Uh, so that's kind of like the big five. Uh, so it represents all of them. They know what they're going to do. And if if nothing else, they could say, we're going to give it a shot, guys. So right now, all of these vape shops that are dependent on these Sevia USA players to do their business have been left in a giant lurch. They know what they're going to do. They have their lawyers. Why don't they just say, Guess what, guys? We're going to give it a shot. We don't believe that it, it's, it's done this way. We are going to continue into this market. And then they might as well just make that as a declaration and then wait for the FDA to come back and say no. They, they could do a big press release and say, we believe that this doesn't affect us. We're going to continue to bring it into the vape shop where we've sent this letter to the FDA and made them aware. And as of today they haven't gotten back to us, so we're gonna go ahead and plow ahead full steam ahead. So they've already done their soft launches for everything on eight eight. 8. So they can they can avoid that. Uh, they might as well just declare it and then wait and see what happens because there's too many small independent vape shops that are just you know pulling off their heads and throwing them down the street like bowling balls because they're just going crazy because of the lack of information and i think that cvia usa they have that information and they're on vacation and just not sharing it they're just they checked out and they're, they're not even phoning it in that's my frustration
1: yeah, maybe. I, I honestly don't know. Don't know either way. To if I, if I, even if I said I couldn't tell you or not, I, I swear on anything. I have no clue what their plan. If they have have a plan like that or not, but I do know that a lot of them have been. You know, the ones that like the one that I've talked to the most is like the the Joytech Wizmek team because I've obviously made a tank with them and i i know Jaybo well who works with them and stuff and i know that they've all just been like working with their heads down for the last couple of months just trying to get this shit done down to like you know the last there were some products they were trying to like you know get all this crap done and get proof of it and stuff like down to right before you know whatever it was midnight in hawaii or something just to get proof of all these products getting you know, yeah, they out there, so I mean, I th- it, it they could have some sort of game plan, I but it also has seemed to me like they're just like they have been so freaking busy trying to get all this shit done that they haven't even figured out what's next. I mean, and like I did say earlier, though, I think a lot of them do feel like you know maybe they've neglected like the UK you know the UK TPD market or whatever, you know, so they might go after that next and stuff, but. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, and, I, you know, China is one of those, at least from what I've seen from Chinese companies, is like they kind of all follow suit. Obviously, if one company all of a sudden decided they were going to, you know, go for it and, and test the waters, others would, would probably try as well. But, uh, I mean, yeah, the obviously the, the, there's definitely a part of me that would like to see if some of them do it. They're the ones that have the most money to fight a situation like that too. If the FDA was to, to, uh, um, you know, seize their seize their, uh, you know, shipment or something. But, uh, I, I, I just don't know.
0: Well, they're, they're definitely an oligopoly. Um, and so it, that's, if like aspire would, uh, aspire would just do it. Um, uh, if one of them would peel off and just say what they're going to do, because I think both aspire and joy tech have, United States based operations uh which are property of the company itself uh yeah. and I know that Joytech does because I read the the Evolve lawsuit and that's the reason one of the reasons why Joytech got sued because they availed themselves to the court they sued somebody else in the court so because Joytech declared that they had standing to a judge somewhere in the past then that forces them to be have standing now to get sued themselves so uh that's just i guess never, never it's just like going in a hospital if you can avoid the hospitals and if you can avoid the courts uh, at all costs just never go into them you'll yeah. probably, you'd probably be safer so quite
1: honestly i think quite a few more of the more of them than just those two have some sort of office or headquarters here in the states uh joy is definitely big like they have a you know bigger presence here but uh, there's other companies that I that I know of that at least have some sort of, you know, small office or something.
0: So h- how many new products have been released on, on the hardware side? Uh, you know, I, you, you probably can't talk about them, but uh, you can talk about them in generalities. Do you have like a whole a batch of stuff? Are they giving you a heads up that? You know that all these soft launch or hard launch or whatever you want to call it, all these eight eight products are going to be coming your way pretty soon. Is there you got a big queue now, or what? What's it look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have an exact number, but I mean, uh, I think you know between like Joytech, Eleaf, Wizmac, I believe that they had something like it was like ten to fifteen new products or something. And uh, you know, like Inakin, I talked to somebody from there recently, and they have a Whole slew, but he didn't give me a number. So, uh, yeah, and I think some of them are kind of. Some of these companies are, are, uh, you know, not even talking about all the products that they've, you know, that they have out there because they didn't. You don't necessarily have to put it. From what I understand, you didn't. It's not like you have to put it on your website or anything. I think you have to have like some sort of. Do, I, you you talked about this a little bit in one of your shows recently, didn't you? Yeah, I think I listed You have to like a purchase order, or uh, something along those lines, a uh, manufacturing uh, proof, something like that, to uh, to you know be able to, to prove to the FDA if they they were to ask.
0: Yeah, what I was going through uh, is that I went and looked up uh, because there was a lot of documentation. Uh, on the what the grandfather date was so that was that 2007 date so people were going back and forth of what what do you have to show to demonstrate that you're on the market um uh, and so that for for and i'm going to try and pull this list while i'm talking here uh there's a list of 12 different things that they had documented in a specific guidance uh oh, come on can't find it uh Talk for a couple of seconds while I, while I while I try and drag this up.
1: uh di da di da. Yeah,
0: but uh, uh, I, got, I I well I got something here. Uh, so y- your wife has the best snort and vaping, I think. Yeah, that's she's got the funniest laugh. I I, I like that. Uh, you know what's
1: funny is is that the older she gets, the more like pronounced it gets as well, and it's not like an on purpose thing cause this this happens you know even all the time anytime she laughs yeah and uh it's like the, i don't remember it being as loud and as <laughs> pronounced when i first met her as it is now
0: but she's just letting it go now you yeah know? <laughs> that,
1: that might be it too she might have been holding back a little bit
0: no i think i think it's funny i i just uh i found the list uh so it's uh for for the grandfather date um uh, they had this whole list of what you could do to demonstrate. So for a while there, you know, uh, I was, and other people were trying to figure out, is there some way we can defeat the 2007 date? You know, what do, can we find a predicate product? And, uh, I guess the FDA found one that supposedly is an unflavored cigar. I found another one out of, uh, I think it was Atlantic Vapes or something, where they claimed that they they had a predicate product, and it was on. They were trying to sell that predicate product over to Altria, so I don't know if it's that one, uh, but there was some stuff. But so for the grandfather date, uh, it's dated copies of advertisements, dated catalog pages, dated promotional peri- uh, material dated trade publications you know like that vape or vape news magazine would be a trade publication dated bills of ladings freight bills weigh bills invoices purchase orders customer receipts manufacturing documents so say you are a you're using a uh, a uh, white labeler or a co-packer, or whatever you want to call it, they would obviously have documentation of everything that they built for you. So say you have a brand new flavor and they built it on 8.8, uh, you would have that documentation. You'd have good, that'd be really good documentation. So you're you're building it and you're talking about it so and the last one was a uh, dated distributor retail retailer inventory list so if your retail so that 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 one can be gamed I'm sure and it says and then any other uh any other document you believe so that's the list of things some people are going out there saying it had to be sold it had to be sold uh and that's just not the case it having it sold uh is definitely helpful but if it was going, to, if they were going to say it had to be sold, they would have said it had to be sold, rather than what they did say, which it had to be marketed as of yesterday. Um, and I was actually, yeah. I, I was getting into a discussion with somebody else uh, on this today, and so I've got the PDF from the FDA handy uh, yesterday. And I did this on one of my shows too. I was people were doing the blackout date uh, of. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, they were doing the blackout date yesterday, and they were like blacking out their website. So yesterday was was the day that things had to be done. So if you did things a year ago, it wouldn't count. Uh, say, you, say you had a product that was on the market a year ago, and then you stopped selling, and then it wasn't even being sold in retailers. That product would not be mini-grandfathered or whatever we want to call this 8-8 date. It would not be subject... To, It would be outside of the freeze, but you had to have it. Here's what it says for newly deemed tobacco products that are, that are on the market. So that's what it says for newly deemed tobacco products that are on the market. Then it says as of the effective date, August 8th. So as of means on August 8th. And so that is the effective date, and it, and that means that all of yesterday counted, every, every single bit of yesterday. Some people were going around, well, if you didn't do it on the 7th, you're toast. That's definitely not yeah. the case. At least that, you know, if people are listening to this for the first time, everything on yesterday counted. So I was, on, on my previous show, I was like, you guys what are you doing why if you're gonna black out your day a uh, site black it out on the 9th don't do it on august 8th it's it's a damn work day it's it's a real day it's it's the last 20 feet of the race don't don't quit right then so hopefully nobody uh nobody did just give up on the 7th on sunday um so uh and then then it says fda is providing different compliance periods so uh, are you uh, are you still selling your e-liquids
1: Yeah, I am. It's, uh, you know, with e-liquid lines, I think sometimes they kind of slow down a little bit. It's definitely slowed down this this year, and I haven't pushed it as much. I was doing a lot of the sales myself, um, but it's not something that I've killed or anything, and it's something that, you know, uh, it's still doing okay. You know, it was in Zamplebox like a a month ago, and uh, there's still, you know, some some, uh, you know, we still have some customers and some, uh, wholesale accounts and stuff. So, I mean, it's doing okay. I, I, you know, I'm, I might make another push on it. You know, it's, uh, especially with what's going on, seeing as how it is a product that's grand or not grandfather, but you know
0: what I'm saying? I don't know what to call it. (laughs) Yeah, I I
1: get what you, yeah, I I totally understand what you're saying though. It's now that no one else could put out more liquids. Um, So we'll see. I still have it in, you know, but uh, I've been so busy with other stuff and the company I partnered up with did a really good job. They're just not very big. And so they don't have a huge like distribution infrastructure. So I was doing a lot of like the sales um, on it myself, you know, finding accounts and stuff. And so I've kind of like
0: slacked off on that for a while, but I don't know. I might uh, make some more attempts here. You you don't ever really pitch it on your show uh, or your broadcast on YouTube.
1: You I have, but it's been a while. You
0: don't really. I mean, you really don't do it. I mean, yeah,
1: not. A, I don't much. Yeah, it's
0: true. If you've done it, it's been like you're probably the only person that's paid attention to it. Of your, you probably put out what three videos a week, uh, two or three. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, of uh, uh, so that would be like ninety a month. So in the in the last three months, you've probably done. Uh, you know, you've probably done a hundred videos in the last three months. Is that fair? That's probably fair. Uh, and so, how many times in the last three months have you mentioned your your e-liquid? Once, twice, maybe? I have no, I have I have no clue. Probably not even once. Maybe a couple times. I I don't think you ever mention it. I I think you just so that's why I'm I'm shifting into shouldn't you be you know pumping your e-liquid on your show? I mean, why wouldn't you do that? I I think you should. Uh, I think that anybody else like, uh, like Grim Green, I think he should be talking about his e-liquid. There's this sort of puritanical, we're in it just to uh, save the smokers. So because I'm a reviewer, I can't uh, ever talk about these things because it would make me impure or something like that. I think all of you guys should be pitching your stuff uh, because if you believe in it enough and you just say, this is my e-liquid, I'm the guy talking to you, this is what I think you guys should buy, it's my own shit. I mean I, I think you all should be doing it. I don't know why you would not Uh you don't yeah, have, I mean, I you don't have, have to respond to disagree. that. You don't have, you, I don't
1: disagree with that. You, you don't have I to just...
0: respond to that. I mean because because there's all these like weird people out there that criticize uh you know like people criticize uh good old Mr. Uh, Rip Trippers for his knuckles. Uh Well, there's
1: definitely a fine line there like as a YouTuber where
0: and not just in
1: vape YouTube, but if you look at like some of the big YouTubers, uh they there's there's people are really quick to criticize. So look at like some of these big YouTubers out there that have like 10 million subscribers or whatever. Those guys if you look at like what their net worth is or you look at like social blade, some of these guys are worth millions of dollars and but they live in a house that's me, you know, like somebody that makes 50 grand a year would live in. And they do that, I think part of it is just because they take so much YouTube wants people to be real and they don't want people to feel like they're being sold like it's not tv you know what i'm saying so the, so there's a and i'm I, i'm not disagreeing with you i definitely should be talking about my e-liquid bar but uh there's a fine line there where people are really quick on youtube you know Viewers are really quick to call somebody a sellout and uh, yeah, but the thing call is, them fake, things like that.
0: I think you're going to get called a sellout no matter what you do. So if, if you do – if you actually are pitching your own stuff to keep yourself in business and all that stuff, you're going to get called a sellout. If you don't do it, you'll get called a sellout. If you do do it – so between getting called a sellout, you might as well – be doing actually damned
1: either way as a, as a youtuber for sure
0: so um and then i you know i guess a lot of the you know what you're saying with youtubers my guess is that they're just kind of like lottery winners some of these people uh and that they're still they're still going into work each day so if they started to live the extreme lifestyle then that would take away from their content, but
1: it would be yeah, exactly I think that's the idea with a lot of them, you know, like they're like daily vloggers or something and they're millionaires, but if they all of a sudden start living a millionaire lifestyle, it takes away from their content. Um, that's always been something that's been fascinating to me just like, cause watching, watching other YouTube channels like that. Um, obviously I'm not there with, but, uh, with my meager uh, subscriber count, but it's good for, you know, vaping. Uh, what, what, uh, I have been what's been in the works is I've been kind of working on a new logo and rebranding a little bit with the channel. And after I get done with that, I want to have my own site and I'll have my, my, uh, e-liquids on that site as well as, you know, other swag or whatever. And, and, you know, other, I'm kind of trying to figure out, you know, what other things I want to put on there. If I want to blog sometimes, things like that. And, uh, And so, I mean, I'll obviously be pushing that more too, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't disagree with you. I should, I should probably talk about my liquid more often.
0: Oh, I mean, I, I just think if, if you're going to have the line and you, and you got your manufacturer already built in, so they've made a commitment to you. I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong. I, I did an interview with, uh, with, it was very, it was at vaping the sun and I saw grim and then, uh, uh, and uh Nick green or grim green, whatever the right name is. Uh, and, uh, and so I had met him once before, and uh, he, you know, he didn't remember me, which I, I, we laughed about. But I interviewed him, and but I was talking about his e liquids. I wanted to hear, and he's like, "Well, I don't really talk about these things much. I don't talk." And I was like, "Why not? You know, you should. Uh, there's no reason not to." And now we've got everybody under the sun. Uh, you know, uh, Phil Brusardo's got an e liquid line, which is going to be interesting. Uh, have you tasted that stuff yet?
1: No, I haven't yet. send me stem but I haven't tried them yet.
0: So what else thinks do you think that building coils is going to be manufacturing? Do you think that shops can build coils and or, because I listened to a, a Safada uh, conference and, and I thought it was just some of the worst advice I've ever heard. They, somebody asked a dumb question like, uh, and there are such things as dumb questions. If I refill a tank for a customer, is that, make, does that make me a manufacturer? And then Shell came back with... Yeah, that makes you a manufacturer. You you're not allowed to do it. Don't touch Don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. And that, to me, is just ludicrous and stupid. So um, do you think that people can still fill up e-liquid tanks in stores if, if for some reason a customer wasn't able to fill their own tank? Well, I'm
1: hoping that common sense comes into play here. And I think that some people on that subject have been uh, overthinking it a little bit uh i you know obviously i'm not a lawyer but i i think that it's I, I i don't i don't see the fda going after somebody for trying to fix somebody's mod that they brought in or trying to uh you know yeah like fill up their tank or whatever i guess the coil you know if you have like a uh the coil building's kind of an interesting one though because if you have a guy that's like your coil builder that's his job and he's in there selling different kinds of coils for you i mean i get i under i've heard the argument that you know well you know doc people should have documented those coils because it would be considered a uh, a component basically and and uh, you know you got to be able to prove that you were making that same coil uh before the eighth and then obviously he's got to be able to make that exact same coil, you know, could the FDA come in and ask him to build that, build a coil. uh, And then, you know, (laughs) uh, measure that, measure everything to make sure it's the exact same as the coil he made, you know, a month before. I I don't know. I mean, like, it's so gray. Could they potentially do that? If they may, maybe if they, if they, if they did come out and say, yeah, a, a, a coil is a component, it alters the, the uh uh, performance of your of your device and so therefore if you are building these coils and and selling them to people you would have to you know it's considered a new tobacco product could they i suppose it seems like it would be nuts but i i i don't know so i mean i think it's a little more it's a little more black and white to me as far as like you know someone like you know uh Hey, I broke this. Will you look at it or whatever? I, if I was a shop owner, I would personally have no problem doing that. I would personally have no problem showing them how to fill up their tank. Uh, you know, teach their own. If somebody else isn't comfortable with that, that's fine. But the coil part of it is is an interesting topic because I could kind of see the, the the way you know I kind of understand what people are saying and thinking that it could be determined as a tobacco, you know, it could be called a tobacco product. Whether or not it, something like that gets enforced, I have, I have no clue.
0: Right. I mean, it's, I, I thought I re- recall seeing on one of the webinars is that uh, they, the question came out and the, the, the person in the webinar said, from the FDA said, if you're doing a repair, that that is acceptable. Do you remember or hearing anything like that?
1: Yeah, I vaguely remember hearing something like that too. So I and, need, to, and I think I, common common sense would say, would tell me that that you know that's okay. It's not, you know, you're you're not like, you're you're not a manufacturer because you're all of a sudden helping somebody fix their tank or something or or or, or what have you. But uh, you know i think some people are just really nervous to do to touch anything now
0: yeah and what's worse is that they're going around on facebook uh prescribing and telling other people what to do that's my issue with it because i'm pretty sure i heard it myself i don't like to talk about anything unless i can cite my source and i'm pretty sure that on on the topic of doing repair that the FDA used that terminology and said that would be okay, and, I, and I'm and i pretty darn sure I've heard other people since then, independent of me, saying the same thing. So I'm going to make that assumption that a repair is okay, and I'm pretty sure that's generally out there, but I'll have to dig through the webinar to get the exact clip again. But I, mean, th-
1: I agree. I think a repair would be okay as long as you're not altering it. Well I mean, any, anything else back but to back to its original state. You know, okay,
0: but but I do understand what you're saying. So let's I'm 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 going with that caveat that that a repair is okay. Now because a repair is okay, if somebody comes in with a uh with a uh a coil that is dead in their tank. And they they just they just say, My, my tank is dead, my coil's dead. So then the guy goes, uh, Can you uh, put a new coil in for me? He goes, Yeah, we sell you a, a coil for $2 when we sell it for uh, separates. And the guy goes, Yeah, fine, put it in. So then he unscrews it, puts it in, and, and drops it in. That's fine. That that's there's no reason you can't put a pre-built coil into somebody's product. There's no there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Then the next thing is, can you build a coil? Well, I mean, they came in with their own equipment and it it, it has a coil that doesn't work right for whatever reason. It's not up to snuff. It's not performing well. It's broken. Uh, it because most coils don't pop, or maybe it's just dirty or or whatever. I don't care. And so the the shop gets asked uh can you uh put in a new coil and they go, Well fine, yeah, we'll do that. That's a repair. It's it's always going to be a repair. Now like if I'm a if I'm a car dealer or a, a repair shop for cars, if they come in and their tires are bald, uh they need to have those new tires put on. So they put on the new tires, they repair the tires by replacing them and it doesn't need mean it's gonna be the exact same thing. So I don't know why people think that every single type of coil building is not just repairing a device. And then one other added kicker onto that is that the device is customer owned. It's not even, they're not selling the device. They're just selling the repair and the repair has a material cost. Uh, so it's to me, if you were a, cable, uh, a coil builder, you would just charge labor. Uh, and the, the parts for it would just be incidentals. Uh, you would just charge a labor cost. I, I don't think there's any way that the FDA is going to stop that. And uh, so f- vape shops are being told that if they even touch the, the I, I just saw a post today where it, it was basically saying the less hands that ever touch uh, the, the customer's product, the better you don't even want to touch the stuff because uh the lawyers are going to come and get you and i just think this is terrible advice and i think it's terrible terrible that people are putting this stuff out there and then when people get challenged that you're they might not know what they're talking about that that might not be what they they do this whole thing well i know better than you uh you know uh i just was reading something today i'm, I'm scanning through it right now to, to find if i can find the thing uh uh, but... Well, I mean,
1: I, I could play, de- I'll play devil's advocate on the, on the coil thing. Okay. And again, I'm, I'm not saying that this is how it's going to be, but I, I, here's, here's the thinking that I think some people have. And that is, is that, okay. For example, with a, with a clear that, that uses prebuilt coil heads, that prebuilt coil head is considered a component to the you know, as part of the whole device or whatever. And those pre-built coil heads are sold separately as well. And so those are considered a, you know, whatever. It's a component. If you, some, some people are calling it a tobacco product component, fine. So I guess the idea is, is that say you're a shop and you sell RTAs, RDAs, whatever. And those RTAs, RDAs don't have a coil in them when you're selling it. You know, they're made for people to build their own coils, obviously. And then you all of a sudden are making a new coil for them. Are you manufacturing a new component for their device? I guess that's that's the argument is, is that, you know, it, there's a difference between screwing a component that's already been made and that was already being made before August 8th into a device or creating a component for, you know, post 8.8 for a rebuildable that's all just speculation i I, i'm I'm assuming i'm assuming that's that's the that's the you know the way people's thinking is but
0: this is this is i mean I, i just think this is all crazy so the way to defeat that is that you would sell the brand new part to them and then they would have it and it has no coil and then they would they would be the owner of it and then they they would step back two steps and then walk forward and go uh my coil broke uh it's I, I just threw it away. Uh, I need to now put it in to get to get it running again, and then they go okay we'll, we'll repair it for you. The repair thing will will let people do coils I watched the it was on May fifth there was a question and answer period, and somebody asked this question on the conference about. Uh, coils, and then they got the legalistic answer back very legalistic. And then, in every single webinar since, be, everybody's been talking about coils and cotton and all this other stuff. If that first question would have never been asked, the FDA would have never needed to give their pat answer, and, and there would be no confusion. I just think all this stuff with coils, and, and let's go with the worst case scenario because here, here's I'm reading uh, uh, something from this guy, uh, and uh, he says, uh, Best advice keep a tank coil and mod behind uh keep tanks coils and mods behind the counter use that setup uh to help walk the customer uh and never touch their setup though never touch the setup of a customer uh and then it says uh uh you do not uh uh have to assemble something to sell it uh, to them good you know so they're talking about some sort of undercover compliance officer that's going to come in now, there is nothing that's even set up on the books to do this type of compliance checking. What's going to happen are, is that the FDA has said in the webinars they're going to come in and look to see if you're selling to under 18-year-olds. They've said that they're going to do that. They have not said they're going to come in and look at the what the manufacturers are selling into the vape shops. Uh, they, they have not said that to the vape shops. What they have said is that they will regulate the manufacturers so it's you've you've got all of these different things and it's apples and oranges and tangerines and aardvarks and all these different things that are it's in that giant 500 page thing and then you've got people trying to aggregate it and they smush things that are true in with things that they're just they're just guessing at and then out of the sludge that comes out of all of that is just pure garbage and now you got vape shops being told uh you know don't touch their coils don't don't even touch their equipment and i think there is a liability that if you build a coil that that coil could blow up or, or it could short out or they could take that that tank and stick it onto a hybrid or, or mechanical and, and then there could be a, a tragic outcome with shorting out a battery and then if if you don't if you're a vape shop and you don't have the correct liability insurance to take care of that sort of legal claim you could destroy your entire future uh and somebody's face is destroyed at the same time but if you're if you have the correct insurance and you and you're willing to take that legal liability risk there's no reason not to do coils um I just think it's. Yeah, I
1: mean, technically, I would think people would have been liable even before 88 for stuff like that.
0: Oh, they are. I'm. I'm, I'm just sorry. saying. I. I agree. I, I mean, they. They definitely are. That. That's the decision on the whole question of coil building. It's do you want to take do you want to it's like it's like a car shop when a car shop does a repair to your car if you go out and you drive that car and then it, the you know they work on your brakes and then you go out there and your brakes don't work you slam into a wall they they are going to sue you for screwing up their brakes so every time that you repair a coil in a person's uh, equipment that uh that you have that, you have the warranty of merchantability, uh, and the legal obligation that that thing's not going to fry them. So, you but that's why people buy, you know, business insurance to be able to deal with those things, because these are one in 100, one on one in 1 million chances that something like this is not go wrong. Uh, but you still, you know, if you're a small business, you got to protect your ass, um, so well, that... I
1: mean, I think we all know that the FDA left a lot of shit vague for a reason.
0: And I mean, if I was
1: betting, man, I would say they have no idea what they're, you know, what what, how far into this they're going to go or not. You know, they, like I agree with you, they're going to go after like the big boys first. They're going to go after the the easy stuff. You know, testing people on the eighteen and over stuff. Uh, you know, I, I think some. You know, with a lot of stuff, I think they left the door open for them to go after something if they want to or or not you know like they just they left a lot of doors open for for a reason and uh because i mean you know even like i I, like i've told you i've i've wrote the fda about hardware and stuff and it's always it's always vague and then they gotta know or you know they gotta like Know that it's vague. They know they're confusing people.
0: Yeah, but they're doing that for a reason, and it's because the lawyers are doing that. And if they were to come out with with something, because you actually sent me what one of those answers, and I read through it, and it was like a cut and paste. They 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 took like a whole. They might have had fifty different sentences, and then they just took a palette of ten sentences that were all pad answers, and they assembled that, and then they sent it back to you. Somebody sure. somebody did that by hand, but the reason why they're doing that. Is that if they were to be very distinct with you and they said, no, this is not a tobacco, you can go ahead and sell it. If they were to tell you that just, just like very specific to you, then you would share that out with everybody else. And then if it ever came down to the courts, then they would be in trouble because they had been representing it out to some people and not other people. So that's why they have to give this very legalistic answers. And that's part of the confusion. I think that the FDA understands what's, what the whole vaping thing world is. I don't think that vaping is a particularly mind blowing thing. You've got, you sure, know. Sure.
1: I think they know. understand it. I just think, like, there are, I mean, eventually we're all going to know, right? Like, you're going to, we're all going to know exactly what they're going to be enforcing and what they aren't. We're going to see it, right? You know, five, if, if you know, co- or whatever, two years from now, if they haven't busted one shop for, building a coil on any of that then everybody's going to be like okay well i guess it's okay let's build coils but so i mean the cat's going to be out of the bag at at exactly what they're going to go after at some point if you see right right now i kind of feel like some of these things they don't know if they they haven't decided exactly what they're going to go after and what they're not going to go after so they've left it big
0: yeah so but i don't know if you've seen some of the stuff that people are saying uh out there i mean uh And so I was reading a post from a guy today that says that they're going to be sending in inspectors into these vape shops and then see, and this guy's a lawyer, and uh, he's saying that they're going to uh, uh, be uh, discerning whether or not you're making health claims at the vape shop level. And I'm like... uh, I have, I've read the, the documents. I don't see anywhere where where health claims are extending into the vape shops. I see things talking about marketing. I see things talking about advertising. I don't see a single thing uh, of any guidance given to the vape shops. Uh, and they've given guidance specific to the vape shops. I've played that webinar on this show. That they they're not saying that vape shop employees may only say these words they're not doing that. And the example I was using is like a vitamin manufacturer. Uh, If you have, you know, in California, there's granola heads and they, they think that these vitamins will do everything for you. And I, I I certainly believe that a multivitamin is is essential to proper health, but they take mega doses of these vitamins and they do all these different stuff. And these vitamins come in as tinctures and that they sell them in little vials in these, in these super high scale, uh, you know, vitamin stores and those people, if you go in there, they'll tell you that, that that stuff cures cancer. In fact, I I was in one of those places. I was looking for manuka honey, uh, which is uh, comes out of New Zealand. But they were they said that this GABA something or another cured cancer, and and they were telling me that it cured cancer. And I was like, okay. Uh, and then uh, ironically, I got home and I looked it up, and and there's studies saying it cures cancer, but. That nobody's stopping that from happening. The restrictions are on marketing, television ads, representations on the packages, branding. You can't say uh, a lot of these things. But the, this lawyer is now taking that and is saying that your vape shop employees are going to be restricted. And I, I've seen posts today on Facebook where where people are like, "I'm going to go outside of my local vape shop and I'll be able to tell them that 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 it's safer than smoking." Well, your employees can tell them the truth. There's no restriction on free speech amendment. So that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this show today. And i, I encourage you not to comment on this because you don't need to get into the muck uh, that I'm sure that I might get on some of this stuff. But uh, I just think there's so much disinformation out there and I and I blame uh, right now, uh, I think Safada is putting out just a, a total, you know, a lot of junk information. And, and unfortunately, Safada does not have anybody that's running that place there's not a single professional who's getting paid uh to run the show you just have volunteers that are running their own shops their own businesses and they, they on occasionally they go in and they uh do stuff with safada so when they lost cynthia during this period of time they lost a tremendous amount of skill and uh i mean i think that's part of this whole problem uh so before i let you uh, talk on that i found this one section of an fda webinar and this is talking about uh zero nick uh zero nick stuff uh so this is i'll have to find it again for the uh for the repair stuff but here's what she's going to say
2: online retailers also cannot distribute free samples of tobacco products
3: and we rewind it ali so we haven't talked about online retailers Mm so do they have um, requirements and if so Can you talk about some of them?
2: Sure, so David, online retailers um, must comply with the same requirements that brick and mortar retailers must comply with once the deeming rule takes effect. And some of these restrictions, as Terry has already mentioned, would be that online retailers cannot sell tobacco products to minors or persons under the age of 18. Um, Online retailers also cannot distribute free samples of tobacco products.
3: So speaking of free samples, we've Mm -hmm. got a lot of questions about free samples, including some just yesterday, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. So many retailers have written that they offer free samples of things like uh, nicotine, tobacco-containing liquid in their Mm -hmm. stores. So does the regulation restrict free samples?
2: Yes, so on the effective date... um, Still there, or did I lose you? Products, including no, can you hear this? Parts, nope, I can't hear it. Okay, I,
0: it's being heard, um, but... Uh, and, uh,
2: what we mean by free samples... I got to go, let me start with, I gotta go start back
0: again. We, Just hold on for a little samples. while, okay?
2: Sure, so retailers, no uh,
3: Many retailers have written that they offer free samples of things like uh, nicotine tobacco-containing liquid in their stores. So does the regulation restrict free samples?
2: Yes, so on the effective date, um, newly regulated tobacco products, including their components and parts, will be prohibited from distributing free samples. Um, and uh, what we mean by free samples, or let me start, with, start off with what we don't mean by free samples. So retailers, uh, this includes cigar retailers, um, ENDS. Uh, retailers, they are permitted to allow their adult customers to smell, hold, handle the product, uh, but they cannot allow uh, their consumers to taste or otherwise consume the product. That would be in violation of the free sample distribution restriction. Um,
3: I assume they can't leave the store yes. with it also. In addition
2: to that, um, right. yes, they cannot leave the store with a free sample of the tobacco product. Okay. Now,
3: here's a specific example. So somebody asked, what about an e-liquid that doesn't contain tobacco or nicotine? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to add to that. So for my example, I'm going to say, let's say it's a bubble gum flavored e-liquid mm-hmm. that doesn't have any tobacco or nicotine. Does the free sample provision apply?
2: Okay. So a bubble gum for, um, Zero nicotine, e-liquid. Zero e- liquid. nicotine, yep.
3: zero tobacco. Yeah, so
2: it depends. Okay. Um, if it's considered a, a component or part of a tobacco product, then it would be a component or part of a newly deemed product mm-hmm. um, that would meet the definition of a tobacco product that is restricted from this free sample distribution ban.
3: Okay, so they wouldn't... You, sa- you cannot distribute that
2: product. You cannot
3: offer a, a free sample of yeah. those products.
2: Correct, Uh, if it's intended to be used um, in the consumption of a tobacco product. Okay, Okay. great.
3: All right. Now, we get a question about paying for a free sample. Mm
0: -hmm. Does the restriction apply? Hold on just a couple more seconds here, Matt. Still there? Either way. Apply
3: if they charge a customer, so let's just say for a taste.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, so... Charging to sample your tobacco product, um, in essence, would not be considered a free sample. Okay,
3: very good. All right, so I'm back to you, Terry.
0: So, so what that was is I played a section uh, out of the webinar um, that was posted up on the YouTube actually, and I can send you a link. But what she clearly says is that if you charge for, a, uh, if you charge for a sample, it's not a free sample, and so. I've been seeing other people on Facebook and and really adamantly saying saying there's some sort of substantial number that you have to pay for your free sample. Have you been seeing anybody talking like that
1: yeah i've I've, I've seen a lot of people saying that uh, a cent wouldn't be good enough you know you would need to uh, basically look at you know what you say you're charging for uh, a thirty ml and then guesstimate what You know, your normal sampler would be vaping, and try to. You know, a lot of people have said a dollar, but they're trying. I I don't know. I mean, honestly, some of them have said, "Well, it's a slap in the face." I personally think, who cares? It's you know, if it's a slap, if a penny is a slap in the face or not. But uh, I mean, if they don't differentiate what it is, you know, what that charge needs to be, if if they haven't defined that at all, then does it Does it really matter how much it is yeah i, I don't know
0: yeah, i mean it's it, what she just said there people have been saying, and I was actually talking to freeze Winfrey um you know, the Vape Slam guy. And he yeah. was saying that he's read it in the documentation that it talks about that it has to be a substantial, uh, I think the word he used was substantial. It might have been reasonable. And I think it was it had to be substantially equivalent to like the manufacturing. And I've looked all over and I can't find the word substantial. And and they're putting it in quotes, uh, you know, uh, that, it, that that specific word substantial, it has to have a substantial relationship to the cost of goods sold or something like that. I just don't see it so you've got people that are going out and pushing this information out here and that's i'm tremendously frustrated by this uh that 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 wrong information because i just played the webinar and i know that you weren't able to hear it but she just said if you charge for that sample then it's not a free sample this one lady is just really precise and So do I think that a quarter works? I think a quarter is a nice, the only reason I'd say a quarter uh, is that it works great. I mean, it's, I mean, if you, and then I've heard other people uh, like uh, Kevin Skipper uh, and uh, that he is is now saying that the FDA is forcing him to charge $15 at the door for for sampling. And then he went on to say that, that he will have to keep that money because if the FDA sees that uh, that he is not keeping the money and giving it to advocacy, then uh, then there's something, it becomes shady or something like that. So all of this stuff, is it's all a gigantic amount of bullshit in my book because if you have a vape expo and you're only sampling in zero nick, it's not a nicotine, it has no nicotine, it has no tobacco, therefore, and because it has no tobacco, it's not a tobacco product, and because it's not a tobacco product, there's no tobacco tax and there's no tobacco uh, rules as far as free sampling. So some of this stuff really needs to get defined. And right now I'm saying some of this stuff I'm pushing back. And so some people like Kevin Skipper or freeze Winfrey can get all up in my face or whatever, but I just don't, I've looked at the documents and it's just not there. And so now after eight, eight, you've got people just spewing this stuff out on Facebook. You've got some vape shops that claim that they're so freaked out. They're going to close their doors. Uh, And then you've got, you know, and that's, that's a problem in my book, um, and so I yeah. just well
1: i mean i I haven't talked to Kevin about that issue, but i'm I'm assuming I know the guy has lawyers, I'm assuming that's probably what his lawyer told him, and i and that's again you know you got some lawyers saying one thing and some lawyers. Okay. Another thing.
0: Right, but what's a lawyer supposed to do for their client? There's the client. They're supposed to help their client as best they can. They have a fiduciary duty. So if I, you know, the lawyer is going to tell Kevin to uh to do. What's going to make him the most amount of money? There's no reason he has to charge $15 and then keep that money. It, it, the thing that blew me away is he says, well, that the FDA won't allow me to give it to advocacy because it will somehow taint the whole process, that there has to be some sort of profit motive, and that that's why you know, he's going to have to charge $15 at the door. I call bullshit on it. I just told I totally call bullshit on it. There's nothing in the law that makes him do that. If he wants to charge fifteen dollars at the door, fine, that's his business decision. But it's not because of the FDA. It's not because of these sampling rules. It's because he wants to make that money. Uh, It's as simple as that. Uh, I call bullshit on it. So uh, I probably shouldn't have. You know, I was I was apprehensive. I didn't want to bring you on the show and talk about some of these topics because these are not fights of yours, uh, and you don't. So. uh, you had nothing to do with this conversation, so uh, I don't want to. I don't want to draw you in on any of this stuff where uh, it's my own, it's my own concerns, and not something you signed up for. So, if well, that... I
1: mean, one thing I will say is that I've I've been to a lot of different vape events and a lot of different shows, and uh, Kevin's definitely not one of those guys that's ever come off to me as being like a money hungry individual, and he's he definitely is the one. Promoter that probably does the most with advocacy out of all of them. So I mean, I I, I can't, and I talked to him extensively. You know, like we've had long, long conversations about advocacy. I couldn't see the guy thinking like, oh, this could be an excuse for. For me to for me to profit fair, fair enough and, and I've that's, never that's I, my take on fair
0: it. fair enough and I've never met him uh, and uh, the thing is that I freeze Winfrey was having uh, some sort of interview on on YouTube so I was typing in the chat and he was just telling me how wrong I was and it was just you know uh, I've never met the man but he was coming back at me real hard and uh, so then I went and looked up the stuff I I, I I tried to see anywhere where it had reasonable so there was two shows. That I'm aware of, that it was the slam events, and it was uh, Kevin Skippers that both don't charge at the door, and that uh, and which is great. It's absolutely fantastic, and uh, that then they you know they do the venue, they charge a reasonable amount. And I've even said before that uh, what Kevin Skippers his vents are, are good events. People were complaining that if you have an event in an area that it's going to knock down the uh, the sales of the local vape shops or something like that. I I think that both of them have done. A great job with not charging at the door but don't don't now say that the FDA is forcing you to do it when the FDA isn't forcing you to do it and uh, if if they've got lawyers to figure it out but if if there's no nicotine in those samples um, it's not a tobacco product so they don't have to charge anything differently so we'll find out uh, i I've just been seeing all of people prescribing and telling people what to do and what must happen and how they need to do their businesses and then when i look at what the fda is saying the fda isn't saying any of that um and so that's that that's my issue with some of this stuff um so that that's that i again i i didn't i don't want to uh to bring you into anything that... Because uh, I don't know these people uh, other than just... A f- well, I
1: mean, as far as the events thing, I, I don't know enough on it. Right. So, I mean, it's... it's. Speak I, on
0: it. So. I mean, yeah. I'm not... Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not expecting you to. Uh, so, uh, that's my deal, not yours. So, uh, what do you think of the Vape Summit?
1: Oh, the Vape Summit. Yeah, I, I do think I know enough about them to talk on them. That, you know, with those guys, I remember back... I've been to one summit and I remember going around talking to you. Do you
0: think they're being unfair or, or, or,
1: well, okay, let me finish what I was going to say. Okay. It's one with your, if you're a promoter, you're always going to have some companies that are going to be upset. Right. But when, you know, you're never going to make everyone happy. But when you hear the same damn thing over and over, I have heard from so many freaking companies that those guys, the, what the Vape Summit's model is, is they do a lot of upcharges, right? So they'll do like, and I'm not talking about that most recent advocacy thing that they did. I'm just talking about their va- their events. So they they do these upcharge models. The company does it like this upcharge type of thing where they'll sell you a booth, but then they'll, they'll, oh, do you want to be on our red carpet? Which is like, you know, this big... You know, one row that has, big, you know, red carpet or whatever, and they they have this uh, reputation and there's like this pattern where they charge for things that they don't give. And I've talked to multiple people that, yeah, I paid for the red carpet and I got here and uh, my booth was off here in the corner. And then you talk, ask around, and you're like, wow, they charged for way more red carpet spots than they would have ever have been able to have. And that was back in like Vegas uh, summit. And then I've since then, I keep hearing the same stories over and over about, you know, these guys promising things that they and charging people for things that they didn't uh, that they didn't give. And so they didn't have a good reputation. And then with this uh, whole whatever they called it. This advocacy summit thing. Well, they, the, the it, first
0: part was called a reverse trade show. A so, reverse trade show, so, that's so, right. Something reverse, be, but basically they were going to bring in the big whales They and, and you were going to be the, the big whale, the big whale purchasers. And if you pay them X amount of money as a vendor, that the big whales will come in and they'll buy your products. And then they were guaranteeing that $5 million was going to be spent at the vape summit and only at the vape summit. And uh, so these whales were going to come in and you were going to buy special access to the big, you know, the big people. That's, that's how the first half of it was promoted. And then there was a second half, which was this big uh, VTA show, uh, which had Tony Boone and some of the other VTA people that were going to be talking. And I guess that did not happen yesterday and today. That was, I guess none of that happened yesterday, right? The whole thing just fell apart.
1: I don't know about the most recent, the last couple days, but I know with the reverse trade show thing, they made some promises, you know, like each company was going to get at least like 30 different meetings, you know, it was almost like, uh, uh, what's the dating called where they all meet at a bar and they like, you know, jump around from different, I've never been, I've seen them on TV. They're
0: speed dating. Yeah. yeah, It was,
1: it was like speed dating for vendors basically and like they promised all of them like you know okay you get at least 30 meetings but i i guess there weren't even the you know the the, they didn't even sell enough spots to give the vendors that so the vendors that did show up uh didn't get even close to what they were expecting like i believe that one guy that posted on facebook said he had three meetings right and uh you know then they got kicked out of their hotel room because apparently the summit didn't pay their, uh, the, the hotel bill that they were supposed to pay. And it was a, it was just a big shit show. Yeah. I, I don't know about the, I haven't heard about like the whole, the VTA part, but I did hear that there were supposed to be some different, you know, like advocate advocates, there speaking and stuff like that.
0: Well, yeah, there was, a, I mean, I saw the whole big agenda and it was a big agenda. Uh, and I've got it here still Uh, because it was supposed to be called Real Influencers, Real Solutions, Uh, and what they said was, uh, what we're doing here is unlike anything ever done before, featuring real influencers uh, who can truly guide the industry post the regulatory world. Our honored speakers are vested, experienced, and impactful in the vape industry. This will be a monumental gathering of the brightest minds and leading experts uh, registered today. And so the first it, this thing took place between August 4th and August 9th so the first set of days was supposed to be that whole reverse trade show where you you pay to see the whale and then uh today the 8th and the 9th was going to be this sort of uh what they're calling the uh Global Thought Leadership Conference. So the guest today, yesterday was supposed to be Ron Tully from Next Generation Labs. So that's the guy that makes that new TFN device. Tony Abund uh, from a VTA. Daniel Walsh from Purebacco. Peter Beckett from Policy Matters. Arun De Raleigh uh, from Gaia Trend, and he's also a VTA uh, board member. Dr. Trayman Powell from X. X O L O vape. Uh, I think that's a new new Sigalike or something. That a new uh, integrated device. I think that's what it, Oliver Kershaw was supposed to be there from E C F. Cal Crace from Subom Innovations. I don't know who it was. Kyle Newton from Vapix. Again, that's that uh, the T F N device co-founder. Emile Howard from Waterloo University, some PhD. Dial Lennon from eBotonics, I think that's a CBD guy. And then Glenn Castle from Safada. That was who was supposed to be talking yesterday. So that's a pretty good lineup of people. Uh, And so I I just don't know if that whole conference yesterday and today with those people also got wiped out or not and here's a couple of things that that I was interested in this uh of going to that thing I was thinking about going and I reached out to rocky to find out what the score was uh, because there was no like ticket prices shown on their website and I had gone unregistered on their website and and it asked me to be like a uh like a seller, you know the one of the people that would have to pay, so it was give me all these options for like an eight thousand dollars the cheapest room was like like eight thousand dollars, and they would have these twenty thousand dollar a night bungalows and stuff like this super expensive things and and all these big you know whales are supposed to come in and buy your products if you if you set up this little shop, so I was looking at that, so I didn't know what the price of the ticket was gonna be, so uh I asked him what it would cost me if I drove down there to uh, to get in, and he told me six hundred and seventy-five bucks, which was obviously I didn't go, which was just so I don't know if he just pulled six hundred and seventy-five dollars out of his ass and said, "This is what we'll try and do to you," you know, or uh, or what. But that seems, if if that's, I mean, that's what he wrote me. So if that was the going rate to go to this uh, this uh, influencer thing, then. If they had any any amount of attendees, that it actually, you know, if you're from a big company and your your company's going to pay you $675 to to go to this thing, I just don't know if all these other people paid $675 if the whole event happened or whatnot. But that uh, Troy LeBlanc is absolutely pissed off because uh, he he was the guy that wrote the uh, the post on his Facebook wall. Yeah,
1: and then some other companies have spoken out about it. I guess, but too. I think I saw a few it, other people on Facebook,
0: but at, at different places. Because I think the only place that I've seen, and I need to go back. There's like 300 replies, and I didn't really read it yesterday. Uh, I just saw When I looked at it, it had 30 replies. And when I got back to it, it had like 150. So I have to go through and read the whole thing. Are there other places besides that one post which uh, is talking about it that you've seen? I
1: thought that there was like one other guy that commented on that. And then I like looked at his page, or his Facebook account, and he had a post on his Facebook about it as well, or something. So
0: there's the two guys. One is not, a, I'm not certain. Rocky no, but... and. Uh... S-A-B-A-T-A-R or something. It's a name that I can't pronounce. As
1: far as the owners? Those, are, the, yeah, the two
0: owners are replying back on that thread. Yeah,
1: like Rocky and then Rainier. Ra-
0: Rainier, it? that's what it was. Uh, and so those two guys are talking about it. So it's – if people like drama and – and if you like, you know, you said earlier that you like documentaries, I, I watch movies that are drama. I'm, I'm going to watch this one. This is going to be interesting.
1: Oh, it's interesting to see how it's going to be played out. Um, you know, and like, okay. In the vape world, obviously you hear, especially like, you know, someone like, like me, who's just kind of like fully into, you know, it's like, I you're, you're immersed. You're immersed. Yeah, Yeah. I'm immersed. And so you hear a lot of things, right. You hear a lot of, different things and a lot of it's bullshit I'm sure there's there's crap out you know there's been rumors out there about me and, and whatever but when you always hear the same thing uh, every time those guys do a show and you hear it from lots of different reputable reputable vendors that I trust and it's always the same stories they they, they, they charge people too much they don't deliver they owe, owe quite a few different people money they haven't paid people that helped like work for them and shit a lot of, they've lost some of their uh, workers because of issues like that apparently and you know they've so over the last couple years they've gotten this reputation as just being kind of money hungry dudes i don't know if you've ever if you ever heard the uh the advocacy story where they were gonna let uh it was their first one i believe
0: houston uh, yeah I've heard of that You're talking and, you you're know, about they to were, say They that... were
1: going to let Big Tobacco come speak there Because Big Tobacco going to Altria or whoever it was Was going to pay them Like 25 grand To well, let them speak there
0: That was the first time I ever heard of him It was on Dimitri's show And he uh, was pissed off That they were going to allow RJR to go there And basically they had said That they were going to get paid Like 50k by RJR And they just wanted to uh, To talk uh, or something To talk to the crowd And everybody got In the vape world Got so pissed off That they were we all going to pull the plug. And so then Rocky was super pissed off at Dimitri for calling calling him out. And uh, so then RJR didn't go. And then they had that event. And then this one was, was absolutely crazy, obviously, because you're having a show on the last few days before the 8th. And every single day, including the 8th, counted... And so if they were gonna be screwing around with people on at that particular time, it's like the worst thing he could possibly do. And that's what Troy LeBlanc had said, is that he was not really concerned about the money. I mean he was concerned about the money, but he could eat the eat the cash loss. What he was just totally devastated about is that he took five days away from his company right before the eighth. Sure. And that just, you know, and that's, so I don't know how uh, they're going to go and address this, uh, but but Troy, I thought I saw him or his brother, uh, uh, who uh, were talking about looking into criminal charges for a, a, a classic bait and switch. Yeah. Uh, so uh i mean i know that i'll have to look at my date stamp when i was talking to rocky but he was still trying to get me to come to that show at at a at a cost of uh 675 for a day um and that was back on the 26th i think it might have been or uh no it was like the 29th i have to look to see what the date stamp is it was like it was like maybe eight days before the show and uh and so, if he was doing that and he knew that the whole show was going to blow up, uh, that means he was still doing it at that time. So, yeah. Uh, uh, so that's real bad. Uh,
1: well, I'll tell you the first thing that went through my mind when I saw them announce that show back in May or June, I believe, um, was oh, these guys are trying to get one more big score and they're basically trying to prey on the whole, you know, regulation thing to make, make, make another quick buck because i i mean i think that they kind of had an exit planned and now i think they're saying oh we're going to do shows but we're rebranding we're not going to call ourselves summit anymore i don't know if that's actually going to happen or not but i took it as oh one big one more big score before we're out well that was what i thought from the beginning
0: but you know that uh there's already three other events scheduled right
1: as as Summit or as another uh, hold
0: company? On, hold on a second. Uh, I'll tell you exactly. But there's definitely three. Because uh, I was
1: told that they're not calling anything Summit anymore and that they're... they're, they're...
0: Okay, here it is. Here it is. Uh, the Vape Summit, uh, and this is in Beijing, China, and that takes place on September 14th through the 16th this year. Then there's something called the Modders Gallery, and then underneath that it says, Buy the Vape Summit. And that is going to be in France on September 25th and 27th. And then the Vape Summit itself is going to be back in Texas on October 6th through 8th.
1: Ah, I see. I guess I got bad info then. Because I thought even in that, that thread... There were people talking about them like rebranding, apparently. But I guess I was wrong. Like you know, the the, the Troy's thread. If you read through the comments, there's people talking about it, and I had heard that before too, that they were gonna be like rebranding or something. But this is maybe,
0: it, maybe not. This is if you look at their. Uh, this is from their uh, their page, and it's talking. It shows a picture of of the Vegas one, the Beijing one. And the one in France is called the Moders Gallery by the Vape Summit. So, And then there's a big Texas one with an oil rig in it. So it'll be real curious if they're uh, on October 6th to the 8th, if this thing's still going to fly. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting for sure. So uh, I don't I mean, know. You
1: think at some point they're going to so – I've heard so many businesses say, not again, never a summit again. I mean, big companies, if you ask around, you know, like the big American – Chain retailers that oh. have done the sem- they'll be like never again so they're going to run out of companies to sell these well goods.
0: I mean Tony Abund was vouching for him so we'll find out how all that goes because that he they was the, you know VTA was going to be running that whole sort of thing that was a VTA focused group um, with with I think you know several board members and and you know that's that's what it was looking like so um, it, it'll be interesting but that to me it's exactly when I, when I saw it and, 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 uh, Troya said, what kills me is that it took away my time right before the eighth. I mean, that's, that's True. just the worst possible time. Let's see mm-hmm. what else I've got here. Uh, I was going to talk about some other stuff, uh, but I'm almost at two hours. So I wonder if I should just boot it for another time. Um, I think I might talk about it, but I'll, I'll let you get off the, let you, know, you get back to your lovely wife. Uh so I thought, I thought I saw you say something th- uh, on one of your videos that you said uh, that, uh, you know, V was in the video with you, and then you said, I'm not sure if people want to see more of her in, in my videos. So we'll have to figure that out. Did not you say something like that?
1: Oh, I think I made a joke saying, like, thumbs up on this video if you want to see V and more videos or something. Yeah, so but how I, many, how many I, thumbs
0: up did that video get? That had to be like I think like, it
1: did I think it did pretty well.
0: Yeah, I think it did too. I think it totally did. So, you have Obviously, to... <laughs> I
1: know people want to see V more often. It's I'm not I'm not an idiot. Okay. I, I can only get her in, she's she's a busy nurse, man. I can only... I, I, oh, I she's a nurse. Oh, that's, yeah.
0: that's even. I, yeah, that's. Oh, that's even better. Uh, I try but... to
1: get her in as, as as much as possible.
0: Yeah. Well, I I do. You know, I I really do enjoy her laugh. She's got the best laugh in the business. So I do appreciate you coming on the show. I thought it went well. I I enjoyed it. Uh, it was good information. Uh, and uh, go ahead and pitch your channel and all the other stuff that uh, how people can find you.
1: Suck my mod, YouTube forward slash youtube.com and uh, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff too.
0: You don't use Facebook too much, do you, or do you?
1: I have a page. Uh, I I try to post there at least two or three times a week. I post the videos there, but I also try to share like a lot of advocacy stuff there and things like that sometimes.
0: You still use ECF at all? No. Yeah.
1: I you... just no, no. I'm not dogging on ECF. No, I don't, just, I don't. I I didn't think you I, were. I just, uh, kind of like I think some people just kind of like grow out of it that's one of like the first forums a lot of people hit at least back when I started vaping it seemed like it was like that and uh, it's just Facebook is easier you know like a lot of stuff started moving to Facebook more and more and more you know vape groups popped up on Facebook and so it it just kind of
0: Well, Facebook is good for, you know, immediate things, things that are taking place that day and like the next day. But if you want to go back and research, you know, and find anything, you can't find anything on Facebook that's more than a week old. Sure.
1: ECF is good for researching. And I have done that before. Like if you go back and read like the, uh, like the post from like the guy that created the first genesis atomizer and stuff uh-huh. like there's some interesting like
0: who vape... is that is that that sasha guy No, uh-
1: his name is uh raidy i believe from what uh-huh. i remember it's like r a i d y and he's actually talk he's posting throughout his whole process of creating this atomizer and uh it's like vape history right there man right why well, you uh, it's know interesting.
0: youtube is also very good uh for you know that's why your channel is valuable. I mean, uh, you, to go back and look at things, uh, and so. But Facebook, I just hate it, and even worse to me, uh, the absolute worst is Twitter. Uh, I don't even. That, that's the, just the ugliest interface. I just hate Twitter.
1: I do. I like. I. I. Twitter is one of those that like I make myself go on, and I know some people are just hooked to it, hooked, hooked on it. But like, I'll make myself go on it, but I've just never understood it completely and yeah shit gets lost really easily it's not like organized very well and uh, I guess a lot of people just like that immediate gratification I guess
0: I've tweeted people and I have no idea if they ever even ever see it I don't even know if it goes to their inbox or if it gets lost or I I just don't know
1: Well, you get like a notification but uh, I don't get that you don't get like the notification I've never had a notification pop up on my phone maybe some people's do but I'll only see the notification if I go into the app then look in the notifications and see someone tweeted me and so, you know, I don't, I don't check them enough. Yeah, it's like some, the I've gone there and see, you know, somebody, somebody tweeted at me two weeks ago or something. And then it's like pointless to even answer back
0: at that point. So what's your next video? What's what's the next video going to be? You already have that part. Pro- what, what's, um, what's the product?
1: I think it's going to be the, uh, Cylin silent RTA C Y L I N. Cause it's pretty interesting and unique. Um, it- and uh, I, I you know honestly, I made like a a video yesterday for like because I made that August eighth video last week, just going over right. basics. You know, like it was just like no opinion. It was just like yeah, what, I watched it, what, yeah. what the timeline said. And so I made one with a few opinions and a few kind of like controversial things. And like the video was, like forty minutes long. And I watched it back, and it was just like a fucking stupid rant like it was just a rant that i don't think people would have been interested in so i'm gonna try to make you know make shorter videos over the next month you know like once a week about what i was saying in that video so yeah there'll be that as well i try to keep my my videos as short as possible because retention time on youtube's not not long
0: right (laughs) alrighty dude I appreciate it again uh, suck my mod uh, you just type that into the uh, fa- uh, the YouTube chat and that uh, YouTube search and you'll find it I appreciate you coming on I know I gave you short notice but uh, I, I, I thank you
1: no worries man thanks for having me okay bye alright bye
0: alright so uh, that's that I was really happy that uh, that Matt came on I that thought that, that went very well August 8th had a lot of problems um, I'll have to do another more postmortem how we got to where we are with August 8th <laughs>
1: The
3: morning feels so bad Everybody seems to mad me Coming Tuesday,
2: I feel better
3: Even my own man looks good When they just don't go Freddy goes too slow i
0: Can, can can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Shit. Can you hear me? Oh shit. Hold on a second.